Mr. Robot Season 4, 406 Not Acceptable is over. Has been for a little while, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. Catching up a little bit late, but we're coming in hot with baseball bats in hand to size up this past week of Mr. Robot. Stop down for some other feedback that's left over from 405. I'm joined here by the man, the myth, the legend, uh, I wasn't going to say the little B word uh, because you are certainly not that Antonio Mazzaro. Uh, I just right here. I have uh, some Christmas in a cup for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, sweet oh, peppermint. Yeah, it's great. Peppermint, uh, yeah, no, mocha. I'm here. I'm not a B word. I'm not a little B word. You wouldn't call me that. Uh, and I'm not tied up. Uh, I'm not being tortured. There aren't fables being sprayed around my head. Uh, we're here to podcast. We're here to talk about uh, certainly a hot button episode of Mr. Robot, but we're here to talk about the season as a whole. We're reaching the midway point. Uh, Christmas is almost here. Christmas has come in many ways, uh, but we have not got to Christmas night yet. It seems like we're about to reach a breaking point on a couple of things. So we thought this would be a good place to stop down and talk about the season as a whole, as well as episode six, with just yet, with, with, which just aired. All right, so let's talk, let's let's start there before we start looking broadly at where we are in the season. Um, you know, just we're, we're pulling in from feedback from this week. There's plenty of ways to get your feedback into us. We've got an email address, Mister Robot at at postshowrecaps.com. That's Mr Robot at postshowrecaps.com. You can always tweet at us as well at postshowrecaps at AC Mazzaro's Antonio. I'm at Round How. Um, and one of the one of the first takeaways when I was like scrolling through uh, some of the feedback was I had seen a note from your friend in mine, the great Brendan Fitzpatrick, who remarked that this episode was trending towards being one of his least favorite episodes of Mr. Robot, given some of like the dark energy about this episode. Um, I don't know about worst episode ever of Mr. Robot. Feels harsh, uh, a, harsh, a harsh indictment to be making, certainly this close to the episode. I would say probably for me the weakest of the season so far, though not without complexity and not without material to really sink our teeth into. But Antonio, this is what I believe is referred to as like a chess pieces episode, right? This is like some board setting that's going on here in 406. We're definitely moving uh, pieces into positions that they need to be for the next dramatic moments to arise. But I sort of felt like we were doing that uh, in the last episode as well to an extent, although not like this. Uh, this this last episode was, a, was, of course, the big heist and it was wordless, uh, but it was the heist was its own thing. We needed the characters to complete it so that we could get them to the next moment. But we found so many great things within the context of that even though Krista's story was about Krista being captured or DDP's story was about DDP ultimately needing to find uh, Elliot and and Darlene, uh, and Darlene and Elliot's story was about executing the hack, there were these emotional beats in the, in the process of that. And this episode is not without those as well, uh, but it really feels like the payoff from the events of this episode has yet to really come. And I think what last episode did really well was the payoff of, for example, Elliot putting his hand on Darlene at the end of all that, putting his hand on hers and that emotional moment they shared came within the context of that episode. Uh, what was going on with Philip Price came within the context of that episode. 
this, it just feels like now we have to see what happens ultimately as a result of everything that happened with Krista and Vera. Now we have to see what happens ultimately as a result of everything that happened with Darlene and DDP. So a lot of these payoffs, uh, they just seem to be pushed at least one episode further down the line. And I think some of that's great because so much tension was built in this episode, however, and because some really dark turns were taken, shifting the payoff away from this episode, I think does leave people feeling a certain type of way about the episode. And it does make people feel like overall it was dark or things ultimately weren't achieved or or the ball wasn't moved far, far enough down the field to necessarily justify uh, the tension or difficulty that we faced. I mean, we, we can't really hide from the fact that as Mr. Robot articulates throughout the course of this episode, Elliot crosses a major line. Some might call it the Walter White line. Some might say uh, this is a, a point of no return considering the actions that he took. And if the you lily, say that... The Lily Corp of the Valley... The Lily Corp, the Lil E Corp of the Valley. I see what you did there. Uh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be. I mean, it could be. And I think you're justified if you feel that way. Uh, it is certainly one of those things where, uh, like a Rorschach test, it, it depends on how you read it. It's, it's what you see in Elliot's actions here. Elliot's justifications ring very hollow. Uh, they don't stay for me. Uh, and they don't even stay for Mr. Robot. Uh, but he crosses a line very clearly here. And what we don't see is the, the pay off for that line. And I'm not sure we will feel good about the payoff. Uh, I'm not sure taking certain people off the board and Breaking Bad was justification for some of Walter's actions. And I'm not sure uh, that there wasn't a better way to do this uh, with Elliot. But, but was there we, a we saw what we faster saw. way? Was there a faster way, Antonio? That's Yeah, the speed seemed to be what he was most concerned about. Uh, not the downer, I guess, or not the bar, not the uh, opiate, but uh, but no, this is a it's a very good question, and not just what's happening with Elliot. Obviously, the whole episode was Fernando Vera uh, torturing Krista as well, and everything that came from that scene and the incredible interplay between the two actors, uh, especially, really just delivered a lot of tension and a lot of uh, upset feeling, and not a lot of payoff because look, that still clearly is an ongoing thing, uh, and we have not seen the result of that. That. So I can understand why people were were upset by this episode. I definitely get it. Uh, but I also think that there's a lot to talk about, and we can talk about it in the context of the whole season. So I, I don't know. Were, were Elliot's actions, did you feel like it was a bridge too far from which you, you'll never be able to return to the way you feel about Elliot? Well, so so I think it's worth uh, continuing sort of just like the, the bird's eye view conversation on this episode by drawing in more feedback. I think this is going to guide us through the whole podcast today. That's good. Uh, and and uh, to, to lean on Edward Morris, who's been uh, a great supporter of the Mr. Robot coverage here on Post Show Recaps, uh, whose you know, initial reaction to this episode is, Dom is being bad. Vera is being bad. White Rose is being bad. Elliot is being bad. Uh, and another way of, of articulating that would be uh, the way that Dom is acting is not acceptable. The way that Vera is acting, not acceptable. White Rose, not acceptable. Elliot, not acceptable uh, the way that you are acting. Uh, and Dawn had noted that she had, Dawn says, I'd lost count of how many times I'd held my breath during this episode. This is feeling more and more like everyone I like will die. Uh, and I feel uh, like... Dawn, I got news for you. Everyone you like will die. It's I mean, very... <laughs> just, I mean, we're that's all going to die. Flow of life, yeah. so you know, in the in the in the grand scheme, yes. Uh, Maybe I'm feeling dark now too. It's dark up there. Unless White Rose is able to pull off her massive plan, uh, yeah. in which case death <laughs> is not the end, 
Potentially, who knows? Um, but but we had started this conversation by drawing on Fitzy's reaction. And then Fitzy sat with the episode a little bit longer, and that take uh, graduated into something else. It morphed. Uh, and this is what Fitzy had written in. Uh, at first, I was ready to send a note saying this was my least favorite episode of Mr. Robot, that I hated it. However, I had to wrap my head around the fact that just because I was upset by the episode doesn't mean it was a bad episode. It's okay for TV to be upsetting, if not entirely nerve-wracking and wrenching. You'd think I'd have learned this lesson from The Leftovers, if not Mr. Robot itself. My thoughts are still going back and forth, however, between was this drama and intensity for intensity's sake, or was this all necessary for the plot and progress of the season? I'm still not entirely sure, and I probably won't be until this is all said and done at the end of the season. This is going to be an episode we look back and study, and at the end, we're going to be asking, was it earned? Um, I think that Fitzy's graduated take mirrors mine. Um, Even to the point where I say, like, I think that this is the weakest uh, episode of the season is a relative term because I think that this has been a very strong season so far. Um, And I think that the the reasons why I feel like this was a weaker episode compared to, you know, one through five is this just felt a little bit more like a deck setter uh, of getting, like, Vera in position to finally collide with Elliot and a lot of exposition that leads us to this place. Um, But it also is an episode that is deep embodying its title, which is something that we have been seeing all throughout. I mean, I think like you could probably come up with a a, good point. You could come up with a pretty decent fanfic for the way the rest of Mr. Robot is going to pan out just by studying what the episode titles are going to be based on like the 400 errors, right? Uh, Like 406 not acceptable is going to feature an episode where nobody's acting especially acceptably. Like their behavior is at the very least questionable, if not outright objectionable. Um, And Elliot doesn't get away from this either. Um, I've been saying on this podcast that I believe believe that Mr. Robot will end in a fashion that is bittersweet, uh, in a way where Elliot is allowed to, to reconnect, is allowed to like actually achieve meaningful connection either with himself in a, in a, in a healthier way than he has had thus far in his life uh, with other people, with the rest of the world. Um, I still think that that is possible. Uh, but I think after an episode like this, it will be very hard to feel good about that if there are not consequences to be paid for the peppermint mocha of it all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really is, for me, the Lily Corp of the Valley. Uh, we went here, right? Uh, it's not that Elliot hasn't done questionable things before. It is not as though Elliot hasn't uh, compromised himself before. He let several convicts out of prison in order to get Fernando Vera out, in order to save Shayla. You know, he risked the lives of many for one. And what did he get for it? You know, uh, Shayla was dead anyway. Um, it's it's not lost on me that Elliot makes probably, you know, the pure Elliot, the non-Mr. Robot Elliot, uh, makes one of his single most morally dubious choices since that season one episode where he frees Vera from jail, uh, with Vera looming in the distance. Um, what he does here to Olivia, is patently unacceptable. The calculus for him is, do I traumatize this woman's life? Do I, you know, potentially end it? You know, um, I don't know if her potentially taking her own life is high on the list of things that he thinks might happen 
uh, in this moment. Um, but it's at least a risk that he's going to be severely ruining her existence by making the threat that he makes, uh, by compromising her against the Dark Army and, and the Deus group the way that he does, um, by drugging her. He drugs this woman. He drugs this woman who he's just slept with uh, as, as an act of subterfuge, as an, as an act of getting closer and using this person um, for, for not uh, wholly transparent purposes. Um, and the goal in the face of it is ostensibly to stop the machinations of a megomaniacal, uh, insanely super powerful, terrible person in White Rose who may be uh, planning something very dangerous for humanity at large. And by taking this person out uh, and by doing everything in his power to taking this person out while knowing that there is a ticking clock, tick tock, tick tock, indeed, Antonio, uh, that maybe this <laughs> this one person's life is worth that cost. And Elliot has given up on himself finding any measure of actual happiness, has given up on the idea of him needing this or has uh, accepted in his mind the idea that this is an acceptable course of action to take in the pursuit of something greater. But as a human being, as a human being, what he does is a full-on violation, so much so that it grosses out Mr. Robot. And you had sent me a very funny meme on text uh, before we got on here. Uh, I don't know where you where you caught this from, um, but it's basically I'm, yeah. Please go. Yeah, for I it. believe it was on Reddit. I was. I'm hopefully I can uh, find a way to credit the user. I certainly will. But it's it's a, basically a list of all the times that Mr. Robot has pushed Elliot over the edge. Uh, scene by scene, <laughs> and then it is ultimately Mr. Robot saying, "This is too far." What are the instances that are listed there on the meme? It's it's Mr. Robot in season one telling Elliot, "Let's just blow up the pipeline uh, by by Steel Mountain. Who cares if people die?" Uh, it's it's an image of Elliot talking to the the guy at Steel Mountain whose name I'm blanking on at the Bill. Moment. Bill, poor Bill, saying, "Hey, Elliot, just destroy this guy's self worth and scar him for life." Uh, it's Mr. Robot on the stairwell saying, Elliot, forget Shayla. Get back to work. She had it coming. Uh, it's Mr. Robot with his gun to Romero's head saying, hey, Elliot, guess how I convinced Romero to come back? Uh, it's Mr. Robot with Elliot trying to convince him to work with Ray. He says, hey, Elliot, don't get involved in what Ray's doing. Let Ray traffic kids. It's Mr. Robot at the precipice of stage two saying, hey, Elliot, let's blow up a building again. <laughs> it's, it's Mr. Robot holding a gun to Terrell and saying, hey, Elliot, screw it. I'm shooting this guy in the forehead. It's Mr. Robot looking at the computer screen as stage two is imminent, saying, hey, Elliot, I'm only going to save this building because you tricked me, because I was tricked. And then it culminates in the coffee shop with Elliot uh, and Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot looking at Elliot, who's planning on drugging Olivia and saying, WTF, Elliot, where are your boundaries at? Uh, and it's like that's the line that's the line for mr robot and and it's funny reddit user was two underscore ones who posted that that i saw very it's very very funny but you know the whole point is all of this is elliot these are all different sides of elliot and elliot is somebody who is not altogether well uh elliot is somebody who uh who suffers greatly um from illness from compulsion um from a variety of things um but the the and the the Rami Malek portrayed version of Elliot, by and large, you think of him as somebody who's going to do the right thing, even if it's the hard thing, in the face 
of an overwhelming obstacle. And you think of Christian Slater's portrayal of Elliot as somebody who's going to cut the corners, somebody who's willing to get his hands dirty in order to get the job done. And that's shifting this season as they are becoming more and more enmeshed with each other and maybe as the other one, whether that's us or something else entirely, maybe starting to manifest more. Uh, Maybe the other one is the two of them combined who really knows where they are passing each other ships in the night. Um, But it just strikes me that I... I think it's it's inexcusable what what Elliot does here. Well, and I, I'm I, I'm not here to present a counterpoint, but I Elliot says in the episode, and of course uh, writers uh, put the words in these characters' mouths, so they can say whatever we want them to say. I thought Amelia Gray's writing in this episode uh, was very very good, and I thought the actors uh, did a great job uh, with with the words uh, that they had. Uh, to speak, uh, it was almost musical, some of the dialogue from Vera specifically. Um, but Elliot says, uh, when he's talking to Olivia about why he has the problems that he has with the Dark Army, he says they back everyone into a corner until that's all, until all that's left for us is to compromise ourselves. Um, he directly says this, which of course can't be ignored in light of the actions that he takes in the episode, but it also can't be ignored because he sort of is lying to himself or trying to defend himself about a lot of his motivations. Uh, he says, you know, oh, if she would have just been honest with herself about who she worked for, this wouldn't have been a problem. He He's tried to justify earlier in the season to Darlene uh, after Angela is dead. He basically says, you know, we didn't have anything to do with that. That was on her. That wasn't our fault that that happened. She put herself in that position. Never mind that Angela would have never been on the Dark Army's radar had it not been for Elliot's involvement with the Dark Army, I really don't think that would have been the case. Uh, let us not forget that the Dark Army only felt the need to hack Ecor or to hack Allsafe because Elliot pulled the 180 he did with Terry Colby uh, by throwing Terry Colby under the bus and by putting that in play. Uh, that's when the Dark Army felt like they needed their own backstop here because they couldn't trust Elliot and their backstop involved compromising Angela, putting her in the Dark Army's crosshairs and so on. That said, Elliot's Terry Colby mistake was a very human one, came from a a place of motivation that I think we could justify. He was looking out for Angela. Terry Colby was a horrible person in that moment. Elliot was going to do the other thing until Terry Colby was such a piece of shit in that meeting that he switched the file. Here, Elliot is just seemingly saying, this is the only way I could think of. It's the fastest way I could think of. It's the only way I, I knew that you could trust me. And yet... You're talking about a person who very much understands not only the 10-foot impact of the Deus group, but the 1,000-foot impact. He is manipulative. He does specifically bring up the fact that they are responsible for the massacre that killed Olivia's mother. So it is absolutely manipulative what is going on here. But he is not wrong in that they have harmed tens to hundreds to maybe millions of people's lives through their actions just in the last 20 years. And for what? Just to consolidate power? As far as Elliot sees it, one life, or in the case of Olivia, at least two lives because of her child, can be ruined, Uh, including Elliot, Elliot's own life. If he feels like he can ruin his own life, and if he can stick his own neck out there and damage all of this, what's someone else in the face of the fact that this may actually save millions of lives? So these are the kind of complicated decisions 
that leaders do have to make. Anytime our leaders send people to war, they are making that type of decision. Anytime our leaders have to decide about uh, using a weapon, they have to decide, they, they make that kind of decision. When they decide budget compromises, they, they can think of those things as lives in hand. It is not at the 10-foot level that Elliot's experiencing with Olivia. It is very much in those instances at the 1,000-foot level, especially in the case of drone strikes or some of the horrible things that our government has done. But these are the decisions that leaders have to make. Uh, and I do think Elliot has sort of detached himself from the process. That said, you would be f- foolish not to think about all the lives that have lined up against Elliot right at, on, in this in this season alone. Freddie Lomax in the first episode, Angela in the first episode, right off the bat, Tyrell wandering through the forest because of his connection with Elliot. All these lives are being put on Elliot's back because of his actions. So I think in Elliot's mind, it's what's one more? What's one more if I can stop all of this? What's one more if I can put an end to this? Yes, it's very personal. Yes, it's hand-to-hand. Yes, it's a horrible thing. But listen, my life is jeopardized. I can get through it. Uh, and if I can get through it, she can too. And if I if she can't get through it, I might not be able to get through it either. So we're all soldiers in this war at this point. She's a soldier because she chose to sign up. Uh, and I, I know he's saying that because he wants to defend himself. But I think his line about everyone being backed into a corner until all that's left is for us to compromise ourselves, it rang really true to me in terms of some of the other things in this episode where we have feedback about everybody acting bad. Yes, DDP is acting bad. But the lines about, well, what would you do if you were in my situation? I'm doing it. We know the pressure that she's under. We've seen it in every episode. We've seen her wandering around the streets. We know that a guy who just had the misfortune of interviewing her about a case, uh, and the, the Santiago case, ended up murdered because of a stray remark that, that DDP made to Janice. So if you're DDP in that scenario, how do you feel? And ultimately, she didn't do anything bad. She did the right thing, quote unquote, right thing morally. But these are morally difficult issues. Uh, it's a kind of a like a, a very human version of the trolley problem uh, that The Good Place did such a great episode <laughs> right, about. Right, like, yeah, yeah, We're yeah. seeing it. We're seeing it play out in real time. Can you, you know, is Olivia worth the sacrifice if you're going to save uh, thousands more, millions more people? Surely she is if you're Elliot. So I'm not saying that he was right and I'm not defending him. I'm just saying put yourself in his shoes, put yourself in DDP's shoes, um, put yourself in these bad actors' shoes. And I'm not saying bad actors like their performances are bad. The performances were great. Put yourself in their shoes and maybe you feel a little differently. Uh, maybe you feel like your back's against the wall and you don't have a choice. Maybe that is as the result of things that E Corp has done. Uh, Elliot clearly does feel bad about his actions from prior seasons. I don't think Elliot has even taken the time to stop down and feel bad about anything uh, in these seasons. So this was an Elliot plan Mr. Robot didn't agree with. Clearly a large part of Elliot, even the alpha, crazy, uh, normally unreserved, dangerous part of Elliot feels like this is a bridge too far. This is a line that's being crossed. Uh, and yet Elliot still feels the need to cross it. I think we need to ask ourselves, like, what has he experienced to put him in this position? And I think if we look back over the course of the series, it's a lot. I, I completely agree with all of that. I think the thing for me uh, is going to be, how is this addressed? And that's that's the part of Fitzy's comment that that really sits with me, is in the balance of the show, where we go with Elliot ultimately, how how reflective will the show allow him to be about what he just did. Because what he did just do did cross a line. And it's not, you know, 
not to take away from the fact that he's crossing a line and deciding like this is for the greater good and i can take that cosmic scar like i can i can suffer this if it means that i'm going to be able to right some cosmic wrongs like i can i can what's more one more individual in the face of billions of people right. um you know that you very beautifully articulated uh the type of decision making that has to go into something like that um but what kind of introspection is he going to be allowed to have not just about olivia but about uh shayla and about what fernando vera did to her and and how that situation was allowed to unfold that he was allowed to uh that he he sprung fernando vera from prison that fernando vera uh his escape um allowed so many other people to escape who knows what comes from that um who knows uh you know the, the fact that all of f society was drawn into this world because of his plan our son is dead as a result of this you know mobley oh. is dead trenton is dead uh romero maybe would have died anyway since it was just a random uh a random act of uh you know violence um but uh tyrell is is deceased as well and he's a good person to talk about here because I love this show, obviously. We would not be talking about it to the depth that we talk about it. But Tyrell Wellick, who himself is a bad actor, and I'm not talking about Martin Wallstrom, who is a terrific actor, <laughs> uh, but, but, but Tyrell, who has done some awful, awful, awful things, uh, who you know, killed a woman during a sexual assault, um, gets to die by like being lovingly embraced by a warm blue glow. You know, like that's the kind of ending he gets to have. And people were upset that he died. You know, he that's the kind of ending he gets to have on a show like this. And Angela Moss gets shot in the back of the head uh, because she's been like misguidedly crusading towards uh, starting a new world order and is lost in her grief uh, and gets to have like a non-drowning Ophelia death. You know, like that's what happens to her. Um, And she is by all accounts a pretty good person who is pretty dinged up in that way. And she gets to have a really big emotional reaction to that um, before she is sent off. Like she gets to kind of really reckon with that. Terrell never really got to fully reckon, I think, with what he had done. I think he got to reckon with who he was. And, and why he was the way that he was. But I don't get the sense that he walked off to the warm blue glow feeling especially guilty about the thousands of people who died because of his work on stage two. Um, where is Mr. Robot going to land with Elliot's ending in that regard? Like, is this going to be a show that ends with him, you know, really weighing all of that and getting a moment to really feel all of that? Because if he doesn't, and he gets to have a relatively happy ending, I think I'm not going to be thrilled about that. I think that Elliot deserves a reckoning. I think that he's probably deserved some kind of a reckoning for a while now, and it just feels more punctuated for me after this. If even Mr. Robot is kind of disgusted with Elliot uh, by the end of this episode, it's not, it's not necessarily disgust that I feel towards Elliot, but I don't think that he can do what he did to Olivia, even in the service of what it is that he did, and not at least have to map it on to 24, because this is kind of we're in the middle of like a little bit of a 24 episode right now with all of this There's happening no time. so, so fast. And damn it, Chloe, we're running out of time. Uh, even Jack Bauer was allowed to like end a season, end one of his very, very bad long days by sitting Fine in a car. car and being like, holy shit. The things that I had to do today, the things that I endured today, the the moral sacrifices I made, the moral choices I probably should not have made but made anyway. And the full toll of that day just hits him 
and he cries, and that's how they. I think end that's my season. favorite twenty four scene. It's it's a beautiful scene, and Kiefer Sutherland is is crazy talented in that scene. No Christmas trees were harmed in the making of that scene. Uh, <laughs> who, who knows if Elliot's going to get to tackle a Christmas tree before this season of Mister Robot is over? But he needs to have a moment like that. If he does not get well, a moment like that, then I'm uh, I'm not sure that I'm going to feel emotionally satisfied by the Elliot Alderson arc. I feel like we will probably get something where he reckons with this to some degree. So and I, uh, I, I feel confident about it because Mr. Robot articulates that to us. Like, we can't pretend we didn't just see that. You can't pretend you didn't just see that and you didn't do a thing. Right. That's what I was going to say. A few things. One... The show is definitely aware of it, right? Because not only does Mr. Robot say it, uh, Olivia says it. How many people have had to suffer because of you? Was it worth it? Uh, and you are the worst kind of monster because you don't even know it. Uh, Elliot's kind of walking around in a daze, but we've seen this before out of Elliot and the reckoning that he had before uh, in Don't Delete Me in season three uh, when he had to sit and have that 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 long night with, uh, with Trenton's brother, with Muhammad, uh, and really own up to a lot of that is our favorite episode. It's certainly my favorite episode. Uh, and even after uh, this last episode, uh, in, season, in episode five here in this season, uh, that remains my favorite episode for that reason. Because Mr. Robot piled up so much on top of Elliot that it took the time and space to sit down uh, and have him really reckon with that um, is significant for me. And it landed so well with me. And our podcast talks so much about why that was so effective uh, in that moment. I think the show has done it before. This episode, in the, in the context of this episode, multiple times the characters are aware of that and are aware of what's going on. But what I will say... And this is sort of me talking about comparing this to, to last episode when, when I said last episode was moving pieces around the board, but there were effects. What we're dealing with in this season, of course, is because of the compressed time, because we're looking at a lot of episodes in the course of a very short period of actual show time, uh, you have the opportunity to do that. You have the opportunity to sit down and do just an hour where very little happens, where Elliot reckons with a lot of what's come uh, you know, along and what he's faced with. The problem, I think, is that what we've shifted in, in, in the course of this season is Elliot's real reckoning with regard to what happened with Angela. Uh, that's the thing he hasn't really let in. That's the thing maybe that's motivating him to a certain extent, but that's what he really hasn't come to grips with, and he hasn't, that we've seen, take the time, taking the time. He's still not even talking to us, Josh. Like, he's still not even talking to us because he hasn't processed that bit of it yet. So I think that is the catalyst. That is the moment. That is the thing uh, that's going to come from all of this, and we're just piling stuff on top of it at this point. It comes out in, in the way that he and Mr. Robot have switched roles, comes out in the moment when he yells at Tyrell and then is able to pivot back a little bit. Uh, it comes out in the fact that I do think he shared some very real human emotion with Olivia. It wasn't pure manipulation. Uh, he allowed himself to have that kind of moment. Uh, at the time, we remarked on that episode in that moment and said, wow, this is good. Elliot's having a human moment. Like This is what he was able to let in. Uh, and maybe he'll, he'll make some uh, progress on, in terms of his emotional state now as a result of this. Clearly, one step forward two steps back in that regard. But that is the reckoning, I think, that he has not allowed, the emotional reckoning with Angela that he's not allowed himself to have. And that's the reason a lot of this is getting shifted down the block. And I think that's the reason a lot of his behavior is just becoming more and more abhorrent uh, because he hasn't taken the time to stop down and do that. Think about how he's treated Darlene in this season uh, and the things that he said to her. He's apologized. And we even have some of that in this episode, uh, some apologies uh, between the two of them. Uh, but he is just chugging full steam ahead and really not stopping down uh, because 
because I think he feels that he needs to, and because of the nature of the season. Uh, it does give us the opportunity to step step back, but there's it's also just so propulsive. We are really heading uh, hour by hour almost into what's happening. So we have to think about that, right? We have to think about, man, it feels like Elliot just really doesn't give a shit anymore. But this could be like a, what is it, like a 48-hour, a 36-hour stretch of his life on the last few episodes. So uh, maybe he hasn't just taken even a breath from that time. When was the last time the guy slept? You know what I mean? Like, I a lot of that stuff, um, the show is not necessarily processing because of the timeline. So, for example, because we're compressing the episodes together, Elliot gets beat to shit last episode. It's hit by a freaking <laughs> yeah. car. Right, right, right. And is lying on the ground and looks fine this episode. Uh, and that's that's tough to deal with. You know, like he, if that were a wrestling match, I'd say he needs to be selling his injuries more. The crowd's never going to believe this. So uh, that's one thing that I think, again, the the construction of this season leads to a lot of that. What I will say, and I want to use this to transition for a moment, is if we get to a point next episode where we end up meeting the other guy uh, because Vera breaks Elliot because he, he's in the trunk now uh, a lot of trunks on this show he is in the trunk now and he ends up with Vera and it's an uh, episode with Elliot and Vera and Krista and maybe not much else happens in that episode and ultimately we meet the other guy and Elliot does break and Vera is able to break him and that break uh, leads us to a major thing Will that have been worth it? Will all of the horrible behavior, this is back to Fitzy's point, will that all have been worth it if what we get is a break? I think that's what most people want. After episode two of this season, the big mystery that a lot of us want to see solved is what the hell is going on with the other guy? Who's the other guy? Obviously, there's a little bit of a nudge down the, the court in this episode where Krista says she's got this big file, September 2015. That would be before the major events of the show that we know about. We know it's shortly after Elliot with a baseball bat, maybe not an Easton, but definitely a baseball bat, crashed a server room, I think, or something. I don't know if it was a baseball bat there or if when he was a kid, he had a baseball bat. But we know Elliot has been prone to these violent outbursts, uh, and we know that that happened in that's why he ended up with Krista. And if that's what we're going to find out about, maybe it's related to the other guy. Maybe it ties back to his childhood with that baseball bat in that bedroom uh, when he jumped or was pushed out the window. Maybe that's all that. So if we get to that point, because we have pushed Elliot so far that he's breaking his own barriers, crossing all these lines, doing horrible things and has not reckoned with any of it, is it worth it? Uh, that brings us into the Vera of it all. I have an interview up at THR.com slash MR Robot with Elliot Villar, who plays Fernando Vera, that I encourage you to check out. He's a really smart guy. Uh, and was it was really fun to talk about him not using like the Vera voice. <laughs> and like having he's like, I could not be more far away from Fernando Vera. Like uh, my you know, my two twins are downstairs like arguing over a movie uh, as we were having the phone conversation. It was it was really, really fun to talk to him. So if you haven't checked it out, I recommend you do. Um, Are his twins named uh, Bully and Little Bitch? Well, that leads me <laughs> nicely into this next question <laughs> from Phil T., the great Phil T., uh, who wrote and said, I don't care about who the other one is anymore. Who is Little Bitch? And I'm uh, articulating that the way that it is written. Who is Little Bitch? Uh, I know that that is probably uh, a great takeaway to have from this episode of Mr. Robot. Did uh, you, uh, so did you, did you read that story as Krista did that Vera was little bitch, uh, and that there, that he was being bullied uh, and that he learned how to see somebody, 
uh, because Vera's, I, you know, I see you, or that that's a thing that he says? Or was he the bully? There's a big scar in his eye. A lot of people think he might have been the bully. Uh, what was your read on that? Story? I read it the way that Krista did. I tend to believe Krista's pretty good at her job, and I think that the story makes more sense in that regard, that this was like, this is the origin story of Fernando Vera. This is how Fernando Vera became the bully instead of being the little bitch. That this is like the guy who hated himself because he was so deeply, viciously bullied his entire life, uh, decided to like figure out how to use that hate as power. Uh, and it's another thing that Elliot Villar says... Very confusing to talk about a guy named Elliot Villar, who is not Elliot Alderson, uh, but Elliot Villar, who plays Fernando oh, Villar Vera. is Spanish for robot, by the way. Did oh, you know that? Is that true? No. Stop it. <laughs> Jeez. I know that you've been doing your your uh, your Duolingo, so I wasn't sure. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it, I, like, I think that the, the, the idea there being, um, in his mind, that that Vera has like two superpowers. One of those superpowers is like intense energy empathy believe it or not uh that like he can intuit people very well he knows what people are feeling he's very in touch with his own feelings that's how he's able to have that moment back in season one where he pieces together how he wound up in jail that it was elliot who put him here and that's what he that's when he laughs and he goes so that's who you are uh that he's able to see people like that so that's that's power number one and power number two is he's a storyteller that's what he does uh you know he's somebody who knows how to really spin a yarn and not just knows how to spin a yarn but knows how to recognize a story and that's why he's able to detect that there's something uh, about Krista that's very important to Elliot uh, and why he shoots his assistant in cold blood because if you can't see something so glaringly obvious what value do you provide to me anymore um, so I'm very interested to see how this is all gonna shake out now that Elliot and Vera are due for an imminent collision i'm open to it and I'm, I'm intrigued by it and i i posited to elliot villar what i had been saying on the podcast that if white rose is the global problem then uh vera is the local one uh and he he agreed that there's definitely that like macro micro element to it that there's something a little more personal about the history between uh vera and elliot uh and i think that that's going to come out hopefully in a way that like fuels Elliot in a big way moving forward, especially in the wake of him having just done something pretty terrible. I wonder how that comes out in whatever conversational collision we might be headed for. Um, other people, Antonio, are still not fully sold on the Vera of it all. This came to us by Jennifer Layton, who said, nothing against Elliot Villar, the actor who plays Vera. He's very good. It's not his fault that the character is dragging the show to a screeching halt. Vera had a purpose in season one. Killing Shayla was a breaking point for Elliot, as well as a chance for us to see Elliot's hacking skills in action when he and Darlene helped him escape from prison. But then he was done. I was satisfied when he disappeared into the night. When he showed up again at the end of season three, I was jolted. Why? What? We're done with him. I figured he must have a good reason to be back, like maybe he had joined the Dark Army. But no, his mind is still in the same place it was in season one, and the audience has already moved past that. It's like when you have a friend at work who's also watching Mr. Robot, but he's way behind on the episode, so when he shows up at your office on Monday mornings and says, dude, they killed Angela, you're like, dude, we're way past that. You need to catch up. That's how I feel about Vera. He's like, I want to take over New York, and I want that little hacker dude to help me. And I'm like, dude, that's so three seasons ago. Keep up. At this point, the only way to justify Vera's return would be to have him turn out to be the third entity in Elliot's mind, or for Leon to show up in the next episode and just shoot him, turn to the audience and say, sorry about that. I promise we're done with him, and then go back to the show. Um, 
I mean, I listen, I'm I'm very on board for the idea of like Leon is now following Elliot and is going to see Elliot get thrown into the trunk of the car and is going to like stalk Elliot to whatever's going on with Fernando Vera and Leon just assassinates Fernando Vera. Sign me up. That sounds great. It was wonderful to see Joey Badass back in the mix, even if it was like a kind of anticlimactic return, I thought, where he just <laughs> it was started- a little convenient where he just said, oh, yeah, I'm a freelancer now. Yeah, like it's just oh, that's awfully convenient. That I can just so. resign from the dark army and be available for hire. I do love that Leon was listening to Joey Badass. Like that was great. That was a nice little touch. Yes, uh, you're you're a real king if you can listen to your own music while you're yes. walking around. Yes, uh, that was great. Uh, do you did you read that Leon got Elliot the oxy? Was that what that was? That was my impression. Yeah, uh, I yeah, think mine that, too. That that tracks for me for sure. Uh, and the fact that Leon uh, is freelance right now is very convenient. You got to imagine yeah. Elliot's going to be tapping him for more stuff. Uh, it'd be very satisfying to see Leon, uh, you know, turn against the Dark Army, like shoot White Rose. Be like, it's nothing personal. Like, it's just business. Like, I think that, you know, that there's a very, um, there's a very like brawn quality to, to Leon, right? Like he's sort of the sellsword of the Mr. Robot. LeBron. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I believe he <laughs> yeah. plays for the Lakers now. Yes. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. He is a sellsword. And, but he's, he is a sellsword in, a, in the way that Braun, uh, I think you wanted to always prioritize Braun's loyalty to Tyrion or Jamie uh, or their family, but that wasn't necessarily always the case. I feel like Leon and Elliot do have a bond. I feel like Leon does care about Elliot. Stay, stay like Leon- strange, but don't be a stranger. Stay strange, but don't be a stranger. I, uh, by the way, that was, uh, if anyone felt like Leon, this place looks familiar, that was Ron's coffee uh, from the beginning yeah. of the pilot. I felt that. Uh, it yeah. was just been repurposed. So I heard the owner got into some trouble. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a little spot of bother. He's in a spot of bother, as um, it were. As look, you know, like you do. I, I, I think we are about to find out imminently whether or not the juice was worth the squeeze on Fernando Vera. I really enjoyed his scenes this episode. I thought that, uh, you know, that's a that's an that's an actor who has embodied that character in a really terrifying way. And given um, the utility of him on the show has not been uh, afforded a lot of opportunities to really flex his muscles with like a big meaty scene like that, certainly in a very long time. And I, I still think like probably even ever, uh, you know, short of maybe like the the scene in the prison uh, between him and Elliot uh where where they're where they're first having like their face to face conversation before he breaks him out. Um this was really high on the list of just like the great Fernando Vera moments. Uh and like just how afraid you were for Krista the whole time. Uh like when he says like do you do you guys think that she just called me a little bitch? And like you yeah. just you don't know what he's gonna do and you love and ca- you love and care about Krista so much. I'm very worried for Krista still. I don't like her odds of getting out of this one alive. I really hope that she's able to to bust through, but it's it's dicey for sure. Um, but I think, look, I I I don't sign on for what Jennifer is saying here at the end. That the only way to justify his return would for him to be the third entity in Elliot's mind. I think I'd be pretty annoyed with that. I don't think that I would like that at all. I think that it would be very confusing. Uh, there's really no story to back that up, as far as I'm I'm concerned. I don't think the plot would make any kind of sense for Vera to be a third Elliot. Um, but I think I, for, for Vera to like to, for Elliot to for for Vera to break Elliot in such a way that he is able to draw out the other one. I do think that there's there's some there there potentially. That's what I was going to say. And we look, we have no advanced knowledge of this. We uh, have not seen the episode. It's just I feel like 
that is uh, the likely place we end up, and it does feel like that. Uh, if you're talking about, I mean, the, what I'm basing this on is the the watching the episode live this week. Uh, it, it, they said next week is commercial free. Commercial free to me means stress. Uh, it means that it's going to be a unique episode. It's going to be the episode that the if they if they had the opportunity to stick their neck out and say commercial free, and they didn't do it. Uh, for the dialogue-free episode uh, a couple episodes ago, they were okay with commercials in that one, but not in whatever is coming next. Then whatever is coming next is going to be, uh, I think, a, a pretty significant episode. And if that happens in the context of Vera and Elliot facing off, and we see some extended version of the other guy, uh, whatever that is, uh, I think we could be in for us saying, of course Vera worked. Of course uh, these complicated characters and this guy who sees people and this guy who is pushed Elliot, who's already on the brink and has not allowed himself any time to breathe, uh, put him in a trunk and put him in this position uh, while all of this was going on and the other guy emerges, that could be significant. It could derail the plans for the evening. Uh, it could derail so much of what happens the rest of the season. It could enhance them. Uh, what could be coming next with Vera and Elliot could be so, so significant that I think the juice could easily be worth the squeeze. And I'm not even sure the squeeze was was that expensive, uh, that it cost us that much. We didn't get a ton of Vera this season. We got a ton of Vera this episode. But as you're saying, great performance. Just the the way it was written, as I said, uh, it sounded almost like a, at times like a Dr. Seuss book. Like it just uh, when he was just the, reciting the lines, there was just so much poetry in them. There's so much power in the performance uh, and really just such an incredible performance by Gloria Rubin as well uh, in those scenes. Uh, it, it really just, uh, I didn't feel like we're, we're, we're losing. We've wondered why Vera, what's going on with Vera. Uh, I think we're going to see that, but I didn't feel like in getting there this episode, we were costing ourselves anything. Uh, if anything, I thought like I just was enraptured in, in, I was enraptured by what was going on. Like I really uh, felt very taken with the performances and I was scared and I was worried, um, but I was just fascinated by the storytelling that we were hearing. So I, I don't feel like it's been a waste. It does feel like it's not the, it's kind of a watch the birdie kind of thing. Like there's some other key thing is going on uh, and Vera is a distraction. But I think if this distraction is what leads to us bringing the other guy out, then I don't think it'll have been a distraction in the course of the grand scheme of the show. So TBD, obviously, uh, but I, it, none of that will justify uh, Elliot's actions in this episode, obviously. And for every and for people that that feel that it's a bridge too far, uh, it, I don't think there's much we can do. I think a reckoning uh, will be doing it. Uh, Connor wrote in and said, "Really feel like Elliot signed his death warrant this episode." Full Walter White can't see him surviving the series. I was holding out so much hope for a gotcha moment as he was leaving Olivia's lying about the drink would have surely been enough. Uh, and I, I tend to agree with Connor, although it wouldn't have been enough to make Elliot the bad guy in the way that this action clearly did. So Elliot being the bad guy going that far, breaking his limits as Mr. Robot has observed I think that that is maybe necessary for us to get what we're going to get if we get it uh, with the other guy emerging. So TBD on whether Elliot going bad and breaking bad in that way uh, is worth it. But I think I think that it will be because as you pointed out, and as we've discussed, the show seems very cognizant of the fact that all of this uh, was was a bridge too far. I'm a little interested, though. This is a bridge too far in many ways because of the performance, uh, because of the actress. And uh, I can't remember uh, her name. Uh, Dom, but, uh, uh, Dominique Garcia. D 
Dominique Garcia. She's great. Uh, she's really good in this role. There's a lot of humanity. Uh, there's a lot of pathos. To just there's a lot of feeling there, uh, and there is I think a very real connection between her and Elliot on some level. Uh, so I, there's a lot of there there, and so as a result, Elliot crosses the line. He crosses, and we feel like he's a villain. Darlene killed Susan Jacobs in cold blood, mind you. And we don't feel that way about Darlene. We don't feel like she went too far. Why? Because Susan Jacobs was bad because she had done bad things. And Olivia was a different shade of bad. She was just an enabler, but not a true killer. Uh, she had an addiction and a son. So we feel more bad for her than we felt for Susan Jacobs, who had a brownstone uh, and a house in Greenwich. Like I, I, it is yes, different shades yes. of the same action. Yeah, <laughs> the answer right? is yes, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand. Uh, Darlene killed her though, and yeah. killed her in cold blood. Killed her knowing what was going to happen. Uh, and we, cold blood, we, but a warm pool. This is, uh, but this is the consequence of that, right? Kill a cold blood, but a warm pool. We're only dealing with Olivia now because we can't deal with Susan Jacobs. So Darlene's like worse action on a morality scale, her mortal sin has led to Elliot's mortal sin in this way. Uh, and nobody's complaining about how Darlene, how we feel about Darlene. Well, we she almost, we almost aren't feeling anything about Darlene anymore. Cause she almost wouldn't exist right now at this point in the conversation. She was a second away from death uh, a couple of times over in this episode. First DDP gets the drop on her. Uh, we spend a lot of time with Dom, like wrestling with the fact that she's going to have to kill Darlene. Darlene is saying, uh, you know, things like you don't want to do this. You're not a killer. We have something, we have something special like that night wasn't nothing you know it wasn't nothing uh and like i i don't know what to believe with with all of that i mean i do i do buy for darlene that it probably was one of the last most recent nice things that has happened for her in its own way um but but dom ultimately decides i'm not going to kill darlene Darlene has to kill me because if she kills me and I'm too chicken shit to do it myself, but if she kills me, then my family is off the hook. Uh, it's the only way to save them and protect them. Uh, and I don't think that there was any world where Darlene was doing that. Um, even if, uh, Janice and the dark army hadn't walked in, but Janice is going to shoot Darlene straight in the face. If not for the fact that Darlene has erased her phone. And so the only way to get to Elliot is through Darlene. It buys her some more time. Uh, very clever and very glad that that happened. Me too. Uh, and, Darlene at this point is a little bit of a cockroach. Like uh, we've been predicting her death for seasons. Uh, there have been portents. Uh, Last one theory. standing is going to be Darlene Elderson. I uh, that would be okay with me. Uh, and I, I at this point, if you're talking like Connor and feeling like Elliot signed his death warrant, and maybe we could have ended with a happy ending for Elliot. Uh, but now we can't uh, because he's gone too far and compromised too much of his own morality, and he will die, but Darlene will live. Uh, if that's the case, uh, then uh, she will have not done it uh, without a lot of blood, sweat, and tears on her end. Uh, and I'm hopeful that if that's the case, that she will have come uh, come to grips with a lot of it. Even in this episode, she sees Angela's ballet shoes. Uh, and sort of uh, catches her breath, right? It, it, it's, it definitely has taken She's taken aback by what she finds there and sees there. Uh, she, too, is still processing everything that happened uh, with Angela. And she's processed it in a different way and wants to talk about it in a different way. And we've seen just over the course of the few days that this season takes place, uh, her dealing with it in a lot of different ways, uh, including substance abuse. Uh, but she's, I think, in a different place with it than Elliot, for sure. 
Uh, and maybe as a result, uh, she's able to emerge on the other side a little less a less scathed than Elliot has been. Uh, Elliot has just not let himself any 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 room or any real estate such that he and Mister Robot are basically the same thing to the point where Mister Robot has Elliot uh, in in him more than Elliot does in a lot of uh, instances here. So it, there's a, there's some kind of reckoning that has to come there that maybe Darlene won't get uh, because Darlene has dealt with uh, the Angela stuff a little more directly. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna find out what happens uh, with those characters. I just hope that speaking of reckonings, Janice has got to go. One way or another, she's got to go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Edward Morrison said, why didn't they just shoot Janice? Uh, to which Kathy Avital offers this. I was thinking they could have shot Janice too, but it would have made it worse. Remember, you can kill Janice till the cows come home. It's not going to stop the rest of them. Um, Janice is not going to survive this series. She's going she's gonna to wind up on the hook. I hope that's right. Uh, are, do taxidermists use hooks? Um, I don't know, I, I don't but, know if uh, they use hooks. So she's going to wind up on the taxidermy tools. I don't know what those are. Blades of some variety. She's going to be stuffed is what I'm saying. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> A lot of people uh, wonder if she's going to uh, maybe uh, taxidermy someone else, obviously. Uh, we've had feedback about that, that, of course, she's going to taxidermy Tyrell. Uh, a lot of people have uh, have written in about that or said that. Um, I, I think it's funny. Uh, I, I, I think it's funny to think that she could taxidermy something on the show besides uh, that poor dog. Uh, she's a hardcore history fan, definitely Dan Carlin, that she's listening to in this episode. I believe for those interested parties who want to know more uh, about that, I believe that is the Prophets of Doom, hardcore history, episode 40. Uh, Dan Carlin there, just in the brief moment we hear him, is talking about somebody uh, who talks to an invisible entity. Uh, he's saying, like, this is a person who argues with an invisible entity. I was like, how did they find, like, the five seconds of a Dan Carlin podcast that is perfectly tuned to Mr. Robot? But they did, of great, course. Great research squad working for Mr. Robot. The writer's room, they're very well listened and well read, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and the, we, the, what made me talk about Gavrilo Princip all those years ago in season two uh, with Gideon was uh, that I'd been listening to Hardcore History. So uh, here we are, uh, once again, simpatico. Uh, and that's definitely what uh, I'm not feeling great about being simpatico with Janice. Uh, but say la vie, what are you going to do? I guess I'm going to go uh, stuff my brother's dog here as I'm house sitting. Um, it will be <laughs> oh, nice for them. I know you're back. tempted. I know you're tempted for sure. <laughs> I'm very tempted. You know, that's something <laughs> I, I like to do. I know. Uh, yeah. I'm aware. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's do some more quick hits before we start the process of signing out here. Zach Brooks had tweeted something to us, Antonio. Uh, it's, it's the one scene of White Rose in this episode where White Rose is talking about wanting to bring Elliot in. It's time that Elliot knows that we're both on the same side. That's very provocative, and I think that that's worth talking through separately. But the photo, the screenshot that Brooks uh, took uh, and, and sent our way on Twitter has uh, a profile shot of B.D. Wong uh, standing in front of a projector there is there are a couple of graphs. There's one that says uh, high probability that has like some red squiggly lines uh, like shooting out of the air right above B.D. Wong's head and then a bunch of arrows pointing to his face. Is this a tip off that uh, that White Rose is going to go the way of so many people from The Departed? Is this like a, a, a full on headshot tease? Uh, it could be like it could be. I, I don't know. 
if you if you really want to sit down and think about how if what's the appropriate end for White Rose, uh, and is it at the hands of Elliot? If it is, uh, what will it be? Um, headshot? I don't know. Like, doesn't sound very in keeping. Like there are many boundaries. Go ahead. Death by machine, right? Like to some degree, probably. Like yeah. self self immolation, right? Yeah. Like some kind of self uh, self particle beam bursting thing uh that that seems to be more along the lines of what you would think there are many lines there are many many boundaries we talked about uh madam executioner and darlene as far as i know and as far as we know that is one boundary elliot has not crossed he has hurt people he has manipulated them he has put them in the line of fire he has indirectly led to their deaths as far as we know he has not killed anyone now we don't know. We were told a stray bullet killed Romero. It seemed like uh, Philip Price was by accident, or not Philip Price, Gideon was by accident. So we don't know. Uh, but as far as we know, Elliot has not pulled the trigger uh, on anybody. Now he tried. Uh, he certainly tried with Tyrell. Uh, it, it was, it's not something I think he's incapable of. But he has not done it so far as we know. And yet we don't know all that uh, much about the other guy. So TBD, I suppose. Uh, but if that were the case, if I think a lot of people have speculated, uh, and I and I I had got multiple tweets about this as well. Uh, maybe that it should be uh, Elliot that takes Vera out. That Elliot's going to kill Vera, uh, and that'll be Elliot finally crossing that line. Uh, I'm wondering if if that's the right if that's the right time for that to happen. If it's going to happen, or if it's more likely that it'll happen with White Rose. Uh, do you have any opinion on that? Hmm, not really. It's a it's a little hard for me to see that future. Um, yeah. In terms of Elliot taking Vera out, or in terms of Elliot taking uh, Philip Price out, or I not don't, Philip Price. I keep saying Philip Price. I don't know because that, I want to see more Philip Price. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not worried about seeing. Uh, we, I don't think we've gotten our fill up Price. Uh, I think that that is still on the menu. <laughs> I see uh, what you did there, <laughs> Jack. Uh, Jack. I, I don't think. I don't think Elliot's going to be the trigger man on anyone. I don't know. I just I have a hard time seeing it. I guess I I could imagine the scenario where uh, he just like decimates Vera and that like brings the other one out is just like ruthless, vicious killer. And like he does that right in front of Krista or something like that in the next episode. That might make people feel like bringing Vera back was worth it to some degree. <laughs> it might. I mean, it might. It might not, though. Like yeah. it just it, I understand people's concerns. I any concerns I have with this show I have taken uh, and always learned to take a wait-and-see approach. Uh, and not always are those concerns, uh, as we've talked about, not always do I feel like I, I got what I wanted or expected out of a thing. Um, anytime you invest a lot in theories on a show, you're not always going to be satisfied. So it makes more sense to invest in the characters. And so that's why I understand when people get upset about something like Tyrell being taken off the board, um, not because they had pet theories, but because they were so invested in that character, sometimes because they have pet theories. But obviously, if you theorize a ton about a show, your theories are never always all going to be met unless you're the writer of the damn show. So I, I definitely get uh, that that people might feel that they have uh, they have certain things invested in certain outcomes. Uh, I take a wait and see approach uh, when it comes to Mr. Robot, especially because the show has not let me down and it actually continues to surprise me. It doesn't always mean that we're not going to get a Joanna Wellick situation where I try to wonder why she's talking to Ollie in a weird scene uh, in some foreign language. 
coverage uh, that they're expecting him to know, uh, and we don't get a payoff on that. I, I don't need all that always, but it doesn't mean I'm always going to be satisfied with uh, the decisions the show makes, um, but I'm constantly fascinated by it. I'm constantly thrilled by it, uh, and so I am constantly looking forward to it, and I'm constantly dreading, uh, Josh, the time when there will be no more Mr. Robot. It is fast approaching TikTok, TikTok. Um, speaking of times, uh, <laughs> Josiah, uh, Josiah Ward and others wanted us to talk about how we always see characters' cell phone screens. Uh, it had led to some theorizing earlier in the season uh, when Darlene seemingly knew Elliot's passcode on his phone. Uh, and Alex Wilpon pointed out, like, how did she know that? Um, and is something going on with Darlene? Is she, I thought maybe Darlene had been dead. Like, we would go down a rabbit hole because why? Because there's product placement involved here. And we just want <laughs> yeah. to show these phones. I think that that's it, right? Like, it's Listen, just, Mr. It, Robot's going commercial free next week. They got to work them in somehow. Listen, Mr. Robot is, uh, you know, in many ways, this is an anti-capitalist show, but it's in a, you know, capitalist world. Uh, you gotta, you gotta work it in. And not everything can be a commercial for a fake barbecue company. That's true. Uh, and you know, I'm not going to mention the operating system or the cell phone provider here because I can't be bought, but, uh, but you know, I don't want to amplify their product placement, but if that's how we're doing it on Mr. Robot, I'm fine with it. Well, yeah, Look, whatever. Robot, you know, it's not, it's not like the same thing where like on like the Apple plus shows right now, like literally every other scene, it's just Jennifer Aniston or Reese Witherspoon on an Apple product. But I mean, like that's for literally Apple. It's not like they're making this show for whatever phone company that they're using. You know, so like, well, and the other right. The other thing is, it's not like a super well-rated show. Uh, we're lucky to have gotten four seasons through the grace of USA, through Sam Esmail's earned prestige and Rami Malek's earned prestige, uh, and the prestige of the cast and crew of this show. Uh, we have got four seasons. It's not because it's a rating smash. Um, it was a breakout hit for USA in season one. It is no longer a breakout anything in that regard. Uh, so, look, if it takes uh, some product placement here. Uh, for USA to stick their neck out and say, you can do whatever you want. Um, you can do a uh, commercial-free episode. So be it, man. So be it. I'm okay with it. Um, anything else that you want to talk about, either from this episode, uh, from last week, or just Robot in general before we start packing up? Uh, when Mr. Robot and Elliot, after they've left Olivia and they've come up out of the metro, uh, Lexington Ave stopped there. The sign behind them says the future has a silver lining. The Easter egg on the sign with Owen Consumer Industries, our Omni Consumer Industries, is definitely a shout out to RoboCop uh, with Omni Consumer Products. The logo is very similar. Uh, it's there in the background. But what about the future has a silver lining? Do you feel like that's the show telling us, look, I know this seems pretty bleak, but something's cool. Something cool is about to happen. Man, I hope so. Or if not, something cool is about to happen. Then, like something where you're not going to be like so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's going to be something that doesn't just completely uh, liquefy your insides. Uh, Or maybe the silver lining uh, built in with uh, the OCP tie-in is that we're going to get an ED two hundred nine showing up at some point, just like blasting White Rose and all the members. uh, the Deus group uh, by the end of this uh, series. Oh, please. Or just somebody bring a dirty bomb in there. Anything, really. Yeah. If that, if those people are getting together, uh, man, Turn them into I the really mutants. hope. Yeah. Liquify yes, take them, them Kurt, down, man. Kurt take them Smith down. Style. Yeah. Take them down. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, or I, I don't know. I, uh, I hope silver, sli- silver lining, maybe, maybe a silver slider. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, man, unless you've got something else, that's a... <laughs> 
No, <laughs> per- I'm good. That's a perfect place for me to to call it. Uh, we'll be back very soon. We're talking 407 in the not too distant future. That's the plus side of the fact that this robot podcast is dropping in your feed a little bit later than usual. We'll be back at the normal time coming up for 407. Uh, do we have a title on that off the top of our heads? What 407 is going to be called? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I'm vamping while I do that. Uh, uh, proxy authentication required. Is that right? Yeah. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> Just <laughs> generally. So it's going to be like, well, oh, it well, means that a uh, like it means you don't have the proper credentials for a server. Uh, so I don't know if that's directly linked to what's happening with Olivia or. Uh, if it means ultimately that you have to get in a different way uh, and they get in a different way kind of thing makes me think that Vera's going to crack Elliot. So we'll find out. Well, you know what it makes me think is that Vera thinks that he's got the the proxy authentication, right? Like he thinks he's got the file. He thinks that he knows how he's going to get to Elliot. And instead, Elliot's going to he's going to grab the bat out of his hand and use it as his own weapon. And the little bitch is going to become the bully once again. Yeah, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen. That'll be an awesome episode if that's what we get next <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, I think that could be cool. Uh, It'll so, be great. So we'll see. Uh, make sure you get your feedback in to us at Post Show Recaps, at AC Mazzaro, two Zs, one R. I'm at Round Howard. Uh, we will be back with another episode of the Mr. Robot Podcast very soon. Subscribe if you have not done so already. Uh, PostShowRecaps.com slash iTunes for our Apple feed, but you can find us anywhere you get your podcast your ratings and reviews greatly appreciated uh, if you like those watchman references antonio and i are podcasting about watchmen over at the hollywood reporter the series regular podcast that show has been an utter blast and it has been <laughs> very fun to podcast about with antonio so if you have not gotten into watchmen yet or you're somehow not aware that antonio and i are podcasting about it now you are seek out series regular the hollywood reporter podcast on your podcast app of choice i do not think you will be disappointed with our takes on watchmen i don't think so either crookshanks crookshanks all right on that note we will be back for 407 in the near future take care everybody bye bye bye